Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is game day in Nashville, Tennessee, live from 6th and Peabody, where Bill's Mafia has taken over. And that is no exaggeration. Welcome to Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. From Florence, Alabama, Fox Sports Shoals, Huntsville, to Knoxville, Tennessee, and the Upper Cumberland with Sports Radio 104.7. We say hello. Glad you're with us. Monday Night Football tonight, Titans and Bills. The Bills come in as the, the top team in football, other than the Arizona Cardinals and the Baltimore Ravens. Who else would we place up there? The Buffalo's right there. Uh, number one scoring offense, number one scoring defense in the National Football League, and they're bringing that high-powered stat sheet to Nissan Stadium to face a Titans team that's banged up on the offensive line uh, and that is banged up in the secondary. Although, Paul... Uh, let's let's lead off with the update to the injury report. Amani Hooker is back tonight. That is great news, especially considering that Kevin Byard is going to have his hands full with Dawson Knox. Yeah, so Amani Hooker's back. He's been a big missing ingredient since the Arizona game when he got hurt. Uh, Dane Crookshank, not the same kind of guy, and Dane Crookshank hasn't played well at all. Well, he wasn't even the first choice there. They, they tried McDougald, um, who was cut. Pretty quickly after he didn't, he didn't. After his former out. team went at him. Yes. So uh, it's a much better scenario now. On the other side, in the secondary, Christian Fulton out tonight with the hamstring, and he's going to be out for at least three games because they put him on IR today. So Caleb Farley, presumably, uh, I think there'll be some pitchforks and uh, and torches if somehow Brian well, Borders is on the field. Ahead of him, There's Caleb no Farley. You've got to have his speed in this uh, game. He's going to get the start tonight, and this is the beginning of the Caleb Farley era. Um, and then three games without Fulton when he comes back. We'll see how they shuffle things up. But uh, he needs to play uh, and, and play well uh, to try to slow down Josh Allen and, and, the, and these receivers. We should also point out that there's a, a strong chance that we see Dylan Raiden's in this game because Roger Saffold has not been able to finish these games. And he's next man up. You know, they're, they're, they're thin. We mentioned the balls in the previous segment being paper thin. The Titans are paper thin yet again on the offensive line, uh, especially after Sam Brilo quit the team last week. And look, we should see, uh, we're going to see Julio Jones tonight. A.J. Brown, look, when a guy shows up on the injury report like he did yesterday with an illness, <clears throat> when you get sick as a member of the NFL football team, you get what you need very quickly, intravenously. Yeah. So it's not like you or I getting sick um, and going to the doctor and all of that. Whatever he needs, antibiotics, fluids, all of that, he gets and he gets like that. So it's not unusual for a football player to have a very quick turnaround. I would feel pretty good about A.J. Brown uh, playing tonight. 
Maybe he's a little weak. Maybe he's a little bit limited. But I, I, I would expect him to be good to go unless he's got something really bad. And we saw Farley out for a day last week under similar circumstances. So uh, Bud Dupree, not, limited, not on the injury report with the designation. Roger Saffold, not on the injury report with the designation. They're in relatively good shape yeah. as compared to how they've been. And it's what they need to be able to have a chance in this game. Now, I've written, you know, I think this starts with Vrabel. Vrabel has gotten his team to rise to the occasions for games like this, starting with the Houston game his, his first year when they were really injury depleted, but also for games like um, the Patriots game, um, his second year where they looked like long shots, or the Baltimore game when they went in the playoffs and were – um, you know, at a real disadvantage against the number one seed, finding a way against teams that where they seemed overmatched. He's done it more than once, and I think this game starts with he and his coaching staff having come up with a good plan on Tuesday, having beaten a message into their guys, part of which Hutt has been, don't, don't look at the stats, don't believe the stats, because there are a lot of great stats about this Buffalo Bills team, starting with the top-scoring offense and the top-scoring defense in mm -hmm. the league. Don't look at all that stuff. Don't buy into all that stuff. Let's go out and do what we need to do in order to beat them. Guys, I'm loving this Titans-Bills on-field preview, but we have to spend a little bit more time on the scene here at 6th and Peabody right now and around Nashville. Loaded with Bills fans, as you mentioned. But I, I have a serious question for you guys. How many of these Bills fans actually go to the game? Oh, most of them. And how many just tailgate oh. or go out in Nashville? It's not because that hard a it's, ticket. It's not many fan bases, though, you see this. And we're at downtown Nashville, obviously, every day for this show. But we're not here on Monday Night Football days that often. The but next, the amount of people who have been here all day since this morning, it's incredible. This week and next week, you can't get a ticket to the stadium. That, because Chiefs fans and Bills fans have gobbled them up. It, it's a hard ticket to find today and already for next Sunday's game against KC because those fans travel. And look, this is just a snapshot we're seeing in a packed Old Smoky and, and Yeehaw facility. This is, I'm sure, different all over Nashville, but I've only seen Bills fans so far this early before the game. Some Titans Not fans a huge surprise, now. you know, because Titans fans work or probably at work today. <laughs> Sorry, Bills fans. I know you, you have jobs. You, I'm sure you I mean, do they have jobs? Do they work? Do these people have jobs, have <laughs> lives other than this? I don't uh, know. The video of the but plane today they don't ride, have that. unbelievable. Somebody in the front of a Southwest flight, it looked like, you know, just shooting up the aisle, all Bills fans. Yeah, they're here. But yeah, I mean, look, if, I, if I'm just looking around here, they have international. My, my projection is 75% Bills fans. Oh, yeah. 178 bucks to get into the stadium right now is the low that I found. Um, look, if you live in Buffalo, it's a dark life, right? Niagara <laughs> Falls are beautiful, but it's a dark, gloomy, cold place. I'd get the hell out of there as often as I could, too. And now my team's good. Exactly. After years and years of not being good, Nashville is a great place to visit. Temperature's got to be 50 degrees warmer, 40. Come down. You get Monday off, maybe Tuesday. You came down Saturday morning or Friday night. You got great four days. You come drink moonshine and beer uh, here. Uh, you walk across the footbridge. You, you go enjoy a game that your team's probably going to win. You probably got good seats because people here tend to sell. Let me, Why not? Let, let me let you in on a little bit of a secret. Most of these people are not from Western New York, where their current residence is. They are from there what are you saying? years ago, 
and they have fled the north in that area this way, like many other people have fled it. My brother-in-law included, who has a huge group of people that all live in Middle Tennessee now that grew up in western New York and moved here for more opportunities. I agree with that. And that number is ballooning even more since COVID happened because there are a lot of people in western New York who disagree with COVID protocols in the state of New York, and they left for jobs in the south in states that were more lenient for it. But there's still that You're going to see more and coming. more of this in Nashville. There's still full oh, planes coming from West They're yes. arriving. But I'm telling you, the bulk of people that we're seeing <laughs> probably live here. And they currently don't have a job, apparently, because they're here on a Monday. And they're going to do the stupid stuff. Look. Uh, well, there's going to be tables broken. Uh, yeah. Hide your tables. I'm all for uh, getting drunk here and heading to the game. I'm not for uh, spinal injuries that result when you jump off the bridge and uh, the table isn't as much of a buffer as you thought it was, or you miss it. I don't know. I'm I'm for the I'm for the social media posts of those though. I'll watch them. I, I prefer you not. Them. Yeah, I prefer it not include an ambulance. Like I'm for the funny <laughs> ones, but not for the for the near death ones. The ones where someone falls to the table and is lifeless, and then everyone just slowly walks away. To the next, go they're to all the chanting next before. Hey, there's another one down there. No one like someone just comes and kind of pushes the guy who's on the ground to see if he's moving, and then keeps check, walking. Check the pulse. So the the. Line at FanDuel, the Titans are six-point underdogs at home for Monday Night Football as the Bills visit. I, I want to say the line was similar to last year uh, on the COVID week yes. where no one, no one was expecting the, the Titans to win in that game because they weren't even – it's not even that they didn't have guys to practice. They weren't allowed to practice. At 16 days, and they had one real practice and one kind of hurried walk-through-ish practice. That's another game I could have put on that list. And Vrabel somehow had them ready and had a plan and came out and, and the Titans turned the ball over three times and beat the Bills handily in a game that had no business winning. Blew them out. Uh, and a terrific showing. Uh, and those are the kind of games that the Titans – and this is why I'd be scared of that spread. And I have no idea. I have no feeling for what's going to happen tonight. The Bills should kill the Titans. Um, but the Titans have a way of rising to the occasions for good teams, the same way they have a, a, a tendency to play down to some bad teams and even lose to, to the Jets like we saw a couple weeks ago. Um, so, I mean, the Titans clearly going to have to force – this is what Blake Bettingfield said in his scouting preview – force Josh Allen back into his inaccuracy. When you get him to, to throw out of awkward positions, Chad, we've talked about how remarkable it is that Josh Allen has gotten more accurate in the NFL because that doesn't happen. But if you pressure him up the middle and make him uncomfortable, you can get him to be inaccurate again. And that's where things start for the Titans here. I think if they've got a chance in this game, you've got to force him to be inaccurate and to turn the ball over and to miss some key third-down throws. He wasn't very good uh, in this game a year ago against the Titans. I think two picks in that mm-hmm. game for Josh One Allen. One was a tip pass, but yes. Yeah, just wasn't, but wasn't the Josh Allen. A receiver should have caught a football that bounced off his shoulder pad and, and, and Butler intercepted and returned it for a score. Yeah. I mean, that, that's not on Josh Allen. It counts no, against no, him. No, no, no. But, it, I, yes. again, it's a great standard to compare it to, but the Josh Allen we see today and the Josh Allen we saw most of last year wasn't the same in that game against the Titans. And the Titans, look, that, that's, they need some of that. 
They, they need the Bills to not be at their best in this game. And Hunt, you've been big on, on starting faster offensively. Well, that's part this of my is an offensive football team yep. that hasn't been an offensive football team to the degree it needs to be and that starts really sluggish way too often. And this year, certainly way too often. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, get it going. And not just Derrick Henry. Well, and even when A.J.'s been available this year, he hasn't been able to get it going. He's had some drops. Uh, he had one half against Arizona that first half where Arizona built that big lead, and he had some mo- – Brown had some moments, but they went away from it, right? Like they – I remember you tweeting out during the second half of the game. It's like they didn't even try to get Julio and A.J. back involved in the game in the third quarter. I, I am um, – I'm intrigued to see what the, what the talent level uh, and, and the increase in talent level – at wide receiver does for this Titans offense now because now you have to respect who's at wide receiver and the the biggest the big difference offensively with what we've seen in recent weeks to what they are capable of now is defense they didn't respect the Titans depth at wide receiver because everything was confined to a 20 yards and in there was no big play capability from the group that they had it's not their fault uh they're on the roster they they're just not as deep as they thought they were when it came to the elite talent, uh, Josh Reynolds, for instance, he's a number three. He's not capable of excelling and rising to the occasion of being a number one just for one week. Uh, now they've got two number one receivers back in the lineup tonight. But the one thing that we haven't seen from these two number one receivers as we watch them, uh, we I've, I watched some of it. We've seen a lot of videos of it of them in individual periods, which is the part that's open to the media, is we haven't seen them open it up and run. And these are two guys coming off hamstrings, you know? So there's some worry there, you know? A lot of Titans fans in that building, whatever percent it is, Chad, 60, 65, 40 in your eyes, 25. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just basing on the scene around 6th and The first time these guys open it up and go for the 20-yard ball in the air that you've been waiting on, are Titans fans holding their breath it's to not, make sure they come back to the huddle not limping? Again, I, I want to stress this. I'm not talking about Tannehill throwing a pass 20 yards in the air. The Titans wide receiving core, up to this point, without A.J. or Julio, they have not been capable of catching a pass and going 20 yards. Yeah. That's the difference. They don't have the explosive plays on a 5- to 7-yard slant that ends up going 15. We have not seen that at a consistent rate. That needs to be in the in the arsenal tonight. However they get that, those two right. guys need to open it up, right? And coming off hamstring injuries on a chilly night in Nashville, Tennessee, I just think everybody's going to be holding their breath to watch those guys come back to the huddle. Want to see them make it through the game without recurring hamstring things that are going to get them on the injury report. Wednesday for the Kansas City game. I do not think that the Titans are just dead in the water before kickoff uh, of tonight. We will get into the keys for kickoff for the Titans, uh, where it starts. We'll dive into Derrick Henry and what he needs to to do offensively this evening against this Bills defensive front. Uh, that is really pick your poison. I mean, it, it's hard to find a true weakness of this group, although we could point out where it might be for Buffalo's offense and defense. All of that and more straight ahead, an extensive and thorough look at the Titans and Bills on OutKick 360. Our keys to a Titans victory coming up, live from 6th and Peabody, downtown Nashville, OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. Titans and Bills, Monday Night Football tonight. 
over at Nissan Stadium, across the river, across the Cumberland. Uh, first, though, let me ask you guys this. A Titans win would signal what to you if they beat the Bills tonight? It would signal that they are the clear-cut best team in the AFC South once again, which right now I'm not so certain about. I'd say it signaled more than that. Um, if they win this game, it signal that they're more the team that we anticipated in the, in the off season. Yeah, which, which means they're they're Bills, Chiefs, Browns, yes, caliber. It would completely uh, right the ship, and I mean that by it. It would make it feel like everything's now headed in the right direction. After some early hiccups. And they will have had to have played good football. That, look, I think we no all doubt. agree. They've only played good football in the second half of the Seattle game. If they wake up having won tonight, if they wake up tomorrow having won tonight, they will have played good football. So, and I agree. I think, I think it would signal that they are closer to the team we, we expected them to be in the preseason um, and really, that's just, it's one win, but it's a, a win over another team that is right at the top of the conference. And that's where we had the Titans. They were competing for that spot prior to the season kicking off. And then we, we've seen what's happened. They've been banged up. They've played bad football uh, in, in spurts that has allowed them to lose games against bad teams. And they've also, you know, lost in a, a blowout fashion in opening weekend when Arizona came in here and, and kicked the door in and they haven't looked back as a, a six and O team right now in the league. Um, no harm, no foul losing to a team like that. But after losing to the jets, you need to pick up a win like uh, against an opponent that you'll face tonight, a high powered offense and a solid defense. And it, it would, it would take, um, it would take an approach, Paul, where you feel like you're back to having all hands on deck and maybe that's not fully true right but especially on offense with AJ and Julio their addition would mean that the offense is back to more of a play action attack instead of the one identity being Henry your identity is you could be multiple on offense and you can defeat teams in multiple ways on offense well this was supposed to be a pick your poison deal right yeah, yeah. Uh, for defenses and we haven't really seen that um, we certainly haven't seen it um, you know a f- them make that an effective choice that defenses have to make for four quarters of a game. And that's what they need to get back to. Um, and if they can do that tonight, uh, that, that could put Buffalo in, in a tough position, a very good defense into a tough position. To me, the, the keys are clear, and it's time for Seeing Clearly, presented by Toyos Clinic, Dr. Rolando Toyos and Melissa Toyos, our trusted partners for all things LASIK and hair restoration. You can call 800-603-1989. 800-603-1989 to schedule your LASIK consultation. You can do like I did. I had my LASIK surgery through Dr. Toyos. He was excellent. I did that in 2016. Still 2015 vision. Now in 2021. Visit toyosclinic.com or call 800-603-1989 to schedule a consultation with Toyos Clinic. Tell them Outkick sent you to receive 10% off. Seeing clearly with these keys, guys, we know there's a formula to beating the Bills. The Titans showed us that formula against Buffalo last year uh, this week. For me, number one is no giveaways in this game. The Bills, they are plus 11 in turnover margin. The Titans are minus three coming into tonight. 
And if you give the football away, the Bills will blow out this team as easy as they've made it look through their previous four victories uh, because they did not they did not force a turnover against Pittsburgh in week one. They lost that game. They're still plus 11. They've had 15 turnovers over the last four games. Um, and just to put that in perspective, Miami gave it away three times. The Bills had three more against Washington, five against Houston, four last Sunday night against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So again, you hand it to them, Josh Allen will take advantage of that. But the Titans also need to get some takeaways of their own. Buffalo's going to challenge them early and often. Through five games, in the first quarter alone, the Bills have seven plays of 20 yards or more. They're going to push it. They're coming out and attack you. And that's not just passing game. Uh, we, we've seen them gash the Dolphins for a big touchdown run early. They had some big runs last week against Kansas City. They, they can make you pay in multiple ways offensively, and they have 23 plays of 20 yards or more to this point in the season total. I mean, they, they get chunk yardage, and then they capitalize on it in the red zone. Can the, can the Titans find their pass rush? Harold Landry's been excellent. Can they get him off balance, Josh Allen off balance, make him throw off his back foot? They did a year ago, and he turned it over twice, including a defensive score. And getting some takeaways and allowing your offense to go and convert uh, with short field, with uh, red zone opportunities where you get touchdowns, not field goals, that's the remedy to beating the Bills. And something we haven't seen this Titans offense do, and Paul, Paul alluded to it, earlier and, and start fast I think it's imperative that they come out with a great plan and execute that plan early the Bills have led at the end of the first quarter in every game this season and in two of their four wins there there have been shutout blowout wins for for the Bills I mean deciding decisive factors week two and week four against the Dolphins and the Texans uh, they put the foot on the gas and then they choke you out and that's that's what they did against the bad teams they're capable of doing it tonight if the Titans don't get something going early. And uh, early has been a problem for the Titans. They're 25th in the league in first quarter yardage. They don't move the football very well. We, we've detailed last week uh, what they do on first possessions where they just kind of sputter and give the ball over to the, the opponent. Uh, that, that, to me, uh, that, that you, have, you don't have to score, but you need to possess the football get some rhythm. I don't think the Titans have found a rhythm early. The fact that A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are back in the lineup and Derrick Henry uh, is in the backfield, you have your full arsenal now. Um, let, let's, see, let's see Ryan Tannehill with all of his weapons around him go out and produce early and put some points on the board. Let's not go run, run, pass. Uh, you know, they need some hint of unpredictability there. And some of these chunk plays that the mm -hmm. Titans have lacked, be nice to see them on, one of them on first down. Well, and yep. Hutton, you brought up the, the turnover issue. You know, the Bills are causing them. It would be wise for the Titans to flip that tonight if they're going to get a big win. Nice moment, nice night for Caleb Farley to make his presence felt in this game. Yeah, you think the Bills With go opportunities after Caleb for him. Farley? Uh, yes. Or just don't care who's, no, I, I think, who's in the secondary? Well, uh, both. But yeah, yeah, I think Because I, they're not worried about Janoris Jenkins, and they're not worried about Chris Jackson. So uh, I, don't, I don't know that you say, well, we're going to go after Caleb Farley because you're not worried about staying away from those other guys either. I think you just do your thing. Well, I think, too, I, there's a lot of talk about digs in this game. I'd be worried about Emmanuel Sanders, a veteran 
route Same. runner against a guy who's going to be guessing in Caleb Farley. I mean, and Farley's capable of making some plays. I'm saying just a big chunk play. I would be looking to go up top against against Farley and see if you can't get him to bite on a nice route. Yeah, and from I think they'll play left, right. I don't think they're going to. The Titans aren't going to be moving their corners around. I'm excited to watch Farley. Look, this is this is why you drafted him. You drafted this guy to cover some of the top receivers in the league on a big national stage. That's why you take him and, and proclaim him to have top five talent in the NFL draft. It's about time they put him out there on an island and let him go cover someone. I, I have more confidence in him than maybe the Titans do. I mean, I, I've been wanting to see him since week one when he was healthy. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't see him until it was 38-13 in that game. I'm, I'm glad we get to see him from the jump. Here's one of my biggest concerns is the depth of the Bills' front, right? They've got three guys in Rousseau, a rookie who's played from day one, right. by the way, a high, highly drafted rookie who's played from day one, Oliver and Hughes, three of their uh, four, three of their seven up front who do a lot of the – bring them a lot of their pressure. And I think the highest snap percentage for those guys is like 57. Those guys play like 57, 54, 52. They've got enough people that they bring a lot of different people. And that, to me, means you're going to face – if this offensive line that's been such a question mark for the Titans is going to face a pretty steady stream of fresh guys who are rotating in. And I don't like the sound of that against Roger Saffold, who hasn't been able to finish games with his shoulder, and Taylor Lewan, whose mind we don't know where it is, and David Quesenberry, who's just not that good, and Ben Jones, who's been beat up. Offensive line is a big question here the, for me. Tannehill's been sacked 20 times. Not all 20 are on the Titans' offensive line, but the vast majority are. Josh Allen's been sacked five times. That's all you need to know. That's where the turnovers are coming because Tannehill's already fumbled more this year than he did at total all of last year. So it, can, they, can they keep the Bills' defense off of him, especially those strip sacks or those forced fumbles where the arm's back but not coming forward? Uh, that's what worries you in a game that's uh, momentum-driven, especially early by this Bills' defense that honest. is prone to – Forcing those takeaways. Let's be honest. Uh, I I think we've talked about this. Gets to a point where you're not only worried about sacks, you're worried about him getting up. Uh, And you're worried about about seeing Logan Woodside. Yeah, he takes a lot of hits. Paul, help me with this. Lawan goes down or cramps up again. Who who plays left tackle tonight with Sam Brillo out? I think Kendall Lamb. So a slow Kendall Lamb who was signed to play right tackle would play left. You'd have David Questenberry and Kendall Lamb in. That's how depth-deprived they are right now on the offensive line. Meanwhile, Dylan Radens isn't even considered for that because he's a backup guard that other backups have played in front of him for now the last couple of weeks. They have no other option I'd like to be but wrong. to insert him I, into the lineup. I, I'd like to be wrong, but the way Keith Carter, the offensive line coach, talked, he talked about Radens being a man without a home and that being part of the problem. Um, and so them kind of locking in. So it sounds like he'd be behind Saffold or maybe behind Saffold and Davis, but that they were finding him a home. Well, the fact of the matter is if you're the, the sixth guy, sometimes your home is three homes. And if you're a second-round pick, you should be 
good enough to have multiple homes. Chad, it's a frustration. If I were redoing my keys right now, I think maybe a top priority is Lawan needs to play the best game of the season for Taylor Lawan. But like, well, he's got to be Taylor Lewan again. Right. I mean, Tonight's Taylor Lewan's at his best. He's a really good left tackle in the NFL, and deserving of the contract and everything else. I mean, he he just needs to be nothing special. They need him. Just go out Absolutely. and be steady. Be be the good Taylor Lewan. That's really all they need. They don't need some superhuman performance from him. But apparently, they do need a superhuman performance out of their second round pick at right tackle in Dylan Raines because I still, for the life of me cannot understand how you draft someone to play right tackle and then we're hearing about how he doesn't have a home this far into his rookie year at this point with so many issues along the offensive line plug and play him maybe right tackle you know maybe that's a spot where you actually draft him to play well they're not not practicing at tackle at all now it's just guard play i don't know maybe they are Uh, uh, i from what i understand they're not he's he's a guard He's a backup guard who has a. I, th- I think we will see him tonight because Saffold doesn't finish games, this is and that's no me- fault to him. He's pushing through and he's giving them everything they that he possibly can. Same for Ben Jones. I want to put him in there too. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I would go into this game expecting to see Dylan Radens make his debut. I would. I just, I, I think when you get to that point, you expect that that's when Saffold winds up. Um, Oh, great. Finish, finishing one. Uh, if if the, they had a prop at FanDuel, I'd be placing some money on the fact he can't I'm finish. I'm thinking right now with this Raiden's conversation about him having no home of Happy Gilmore on the ground <laughs> screaming at the ball to go home. <laughs> go home. And home is kicking out to the far end of the line and playing right tackle. That's where the home should be for Dylan Raiden. But again, hey, we, you know who's allowed to have a better game today also to help all these things? Because while you're talking about Luan playing his best game at left tackle, I'm thinking, well – doesn't matter much if if uh, if Questenberry is getting run over on the other no side. No doubt. So again, it'd be that, nice for Jeff Swaim to show up yes, in this game. Yes. Uh, but 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 Questenberry is a product of them not drafting well at the position. That's not Questenberry has been a very serviceable role player for this for this lineup over yeah, the last couple the years. Tackle. And instead, he's the starting right tackle in an offensive line that's not very good right now. Yeah, when Questenberry, and that, that's because they swung and missed on Isaiah Wilson. And they have a, a, a they drafted a right tackle that's now playing guard. Yeah, when Quesenberry screws up, I'm mad at John Robinson, not Quesenberry. <laughs> yeah, because it's his fair. fault. It's Isaiah Wilson and Dylan Radens, and then I get also mad at Dylan Radens for not being better and being able to play right tackle because Quesenberry is a backup. That's what he should be in this league, not starting at right tackle. There's also there's a perception that Derrick Henry mauled this Bills defense last year because the play that is Josh always Lund shown is the Josh uh, Josh Norman stiff arm which was extraordinary and I think it was on a play that didn't even count if I go back and remember correctly I, I think there I was think a hold right. or something um uh or though, so, something though was Mike wrong Mike Vrabel called it the best five-yard run in league history okay maybe it was a five-yard run that uh counted as a five-yard I, there was one of these stiff arms that didn't count um it's a great it's a great video clip that is replayed over and over Derrick Henry rushed for like 57 yards against the Bills. It was a blowout performance. The, the Titans took care of them. But the Bills did a nice job against Henry. Henry, for his career, has never rushed for more than 78 yards against Buffalo. And the Titans play Buffalo pretty regularly, so, like yeah, annually. Yeah, yes. So, you know, that he's also capable of being highly motivated and continuing to be the bell cow and the best running back in football. 
So I mean, they need that guy too. We, we've kind of glossed over Henry and just expected these uh, bell cow performances because that's how great he is. Uh, when the lights are on, let's see what he can do tonight because this is a Bills defense that is going to stack the box to stop him no matter Julio Jones or A.J. Brown on the outside because they're going to say, we're either going to stop Henry or if you're throwing it, we're going to get to Tannehill first. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't forget about him by any means. I think we all presume he's going to get, you get know, his. The 28 yeah. carries and 130 the question is, what shape does that 130 come in? Is he scoring from the five-yard line or the 50, you know, the 55-yard uh, touchdown? Which people have done well keeping him from doing uh, this year, particularly the the, the last couple weeks. Um, and I think Buffalo is equipped to stop him from from doing that. And and then the element, Paul, that you wrote about at paulkoharski.com, the the element of coaching. This needs to be the best coaching performance of the season as well that will be determined really early last week with the game plan that was installed. Vrabel has had some really great moments where people counted out his team, we've counted out his team, and he's had a game plan that far exceeded expectations that worked well in the moment and against that current opponent. They need that tonight against a a well-established opponent in the Bills. You know, and I'm not quite sure, and the Bills have had a couple blowouts, like you said. I haven't seen the Bills up close this year to talk much about uh, Sean McDermott's McDermott's game planning. But I can tell you about Sean McDermott uh, player development. I mean, they've developed Josh Allen beautifully. Um, They've addressed their defensive front and their lack of pass rush really well. Yes, uh, and this is just not him, but but his front office. So uh, they've done some really nice things there. But head to head with Sean McDermott, he needs to to kind of win like what they saw. And I don't know if that's just having a great call at a great moment, having a trick play, but also just uh, having them prepared. Um, and I don't know that we've seen it this year where the Titans have come out and you've been like, boy, they really. They haven't come out juiced. And, you know, you talk to him about that juiced, and he doesn't really like that conversation. He says production leads to energy. Energy doesn't lead to production. Well, then come out and produce. But does he have them ready or or the game plan shaped or the message shaped in a way that does those things? He has in the past for some really big games. And I feel like this is a game that qualifies like one of those. Last year's Buffalo game did too. And – and they've pulled rabbits out of hats for some of these games where you thought no there doubt. was no way. Um, and so I, that's why I, I don't have a feeling. Chad, there was an SEC game lately where you said you wouldn't be surprised if it was 20 points in either direction. And I feel that way about tonight. I'm not going to be surprised if the Titans get smoked, but I'm not going to be surprised if they walk out of there having won it by 20 and surprise the whole country either. Um, or if, you know, or if it's a field goal at the end, e- either way. And nothing about this game could be anything, and I I won't be surprised. I, I, I will be surprised if they walk out with a twenty point win over the Bills tonight. Yeah, yeah, I, that that's the one that would surprise me. It would not surprise me if the Titans found a way to win a close game at home, but I would be I shocked. See anything. I'd be shocked if a year ago was on repeat, where no one was expecting the Titans to do anything with everything against them, and they blew the Bills out. They, I'd be shocked if we see that for a second. They had season. they had two picks last year. They also were six for six in the red zone and getting touchdowns instead of field goals. That's not this offense right now. No. I can tell you that. No, 
But we know they're capable of it. I mean, we don't know that this offense is capable of it because we haven't seen this damn offense. But we know that the spine of this offense, which is left over from that offense that did it last year, is capable. Minus the play caller, who was great at calling plays in the red zone. Minus the play caller, minus the right tackle, you know. There's a lot of factors in all that. Agreed. But, but. But It's in the DNA somewhere. Well, there's a reason why everyone so was so high on the Titans being a true contender in the league prior to the start of the season. And now we get closer to the full arsenal. Amani Hooker being back is big. Um, I, I harped last week on Elijah Molden being used in some roles similar to that of Logan Ryan in years past where you, you find and time the right coverages and disguises bogeys. And you go get the quarterback. Well, you could cover him better with Amani Hooker yeah, back I, there than you were. Yes, and I wasn't factoring him into the mix last week, but he's been activated off of injured reserve today. That's huge. Uh, Caleb Farley and Dylan Radins. I mean, quite frankly, I'm I'm not worried about watching them play. They're the first and second round pick. There is this malaise over these guys now, where we've just we're just regurgitating what we're hearing from that yeah, facility. Yeah, because they've hypnotized. Like, like they're treating them like fifth and sixth round picks. These guys are first and second round picks that they hand-selected to take them to another level. It is time to put them in the lineup and see what they can do. It, at some point, rookies have to take their lumps. It's going to be a, a growing a couple weeks for both of these guys, but they got to play. But also, if you know what you're doing with first and second round picks, they should ultimately be fine. No doubt. And you shouldn't go into a game all terrified of the performance of your first well, and second round picks. they've given pick. us cause to not know if they know what they're doing, starting with uh, a guy named Panda. <laughs> What's Panda up to? Yeah, is he on the practice squad Panda, with the Giants? Uh, no, there was a picture. Yeah, he's on the practice squad with the Giants. There was a picture of him walking off the field last week. He was so fat that uh, he made the, the fat guy next to him look skinny. <laughs> People are just in awe of his size, and I'm just thinking, yeah, he's fat. Like I, I saw, I saw the same picture you did. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's a big fat guy. Yeah. Great, congratulations Final thoughts on Titans and Bills. We will give our prediction. Plus, we will uh, give final thoughts on the what was a fun SEC weekend. All of that and more from Sixth and Peabody downtown Nashville. Outkick 360 rolls on. And we're discussing the biggest game tonight. Titans Bills on Monday night football. We are live from Sixth and Peabody. Great pregame location, right in the heart of Music City. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. They got great uh, food options here as well to get you ready for kickoff. We are headed to tonight's game. Full coverage coming up tomorrow. You can hit the podcast as well to hear our uh, analysis of the football weekend. If you miss portions of the show, Head to wherever you download your podcast, type in OutKick360. You can find us that way as well. I'm headed to uh, coach my first ever six- and seven-year-old basketball practice. Will there be a ball or no? Because you promised there would be no ball. There will be a basketball present. I am the assistant. He came in. This guy caved. He caved. Well, I sent the head coach a text this morning. I said, I've never done this before. You've done it. I will just follow your lead, assist in whatever drill or whatever you want done. But I suggest no ball. uh, His response was, I've been so busy, I haven't thought about it for a second. But the key is to just keep them in constant motion. (laughs) Did did you say at any point, I suggest no ball? No, I have not said that Uh, yet. Disappointing. And honestly, uh, my daughter could use the work. (laughs) I mean, she really needs the ball handling work done. So I'm kind of all for the ball being used tonight. 
Paul, your thoughts on the way Vanderbilt handled a squib kick? Listen. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'm telling you, they, they've got a chance in this game at the end. And the squib kick comes, and the first guy chickens out. He says, I'm going to let the guy with hands behind me, he's got a chance to return it, return it. Which what he should do is fall on it and get the field position. Yes. So he leaves it for the next guy, and the next guy can't handle the bounce, and it bounces past him. And then he fields in it like the five. <laughs> and then there's a sack, and then that's it. I mean, they, they deserved a chance. I mean, they played well enough that they could have had a chance to go down and kick a field goal to win if they knew how to field the squib kick. But they don't know how to field the squib kick. It was, it, I mean, Vandy was, I think, a 17, 18-point underdog in the game. And they had every chance to win it. And they did. that's probably their last chance to win an SEC game. This year, that was their best opportunity. Uh, so they're going to go back-to-back years not winning a single I don't know conference how they were game, in that game, if that's Jack. the case. They couldn't, I mean, they had Mike Wright, who had a it's, QBR of it's 24, crazy. and yeah. they couldn't run it either. Ken Seals uh, was hurt in the game. Zeb Nolan is a graduate assistant. He came to South <laughs> Carolina to be a graduate assistant, and he checks in, and he looks like an old guy playing quarterback. Like He doesn't look like he's in that great of shape. Everything's a little bit slow, and he leads South Carolina right down the field for that game-winning touchdown disappointing for Vandy. They had a great shot. I know a lot of Vandy fans I talked to were upset with Clark Lee in the prevent defense, rushing three, dropping eight. They were putting pressure on the quarterback the whole game. They had yeah. a good defensive game plan. Completely went away from that last drive. And then I thought, well, now that you're down close to the goal line when it's first and goal from the 10, maybe dropping eight will lead to an interception because it's tight quarters down there. And it le led to a quick touchdown. South Carolina. It was a great catch in the back of the end zone. It was a great catch, great throw and catch. Um, tough, tough loss. Just a brutal way to lose uh, for Vandy in that game. And uh, Ken Seals out now. It's look, we knew it was going to be tough, but watching that that was almost more painful, I think, for Vandy fans than losing by three touchdowns. Hutton, we were listening to that broadcast also. The South Carolina end of it on the way back from Athens, and at halftime. They were just disgusted. I mean, it was 14-3. to three and I mean, it was the most depressing radio call I've ever heard. Todd Ellis, who's a former South Carolina quarterback, is their play-by-play. -play. The color guy sounded like he was 90 years old. I don't know who it is that does South Carolina he was, radio. He, was, he, he sounded irritated that he was being interrupted to call that game because he wanted to watch the other games going on. Oh, across I mean, it was it was fourteen to three, yeah. and then South Carolina fumbled it. And Vandy scored quickly to make it fourteen ten, and they were both talking during the you know during the lead up to the next kickoff, just saying, "Got to be totally honest with you, uh, we're terrible. This game has been a terrible <laughs> performance." South Carolina, he said, outside of one turnover, South Carolina hasn't done a thing right in this game, and they're up fourteen to ten at that point, just in pure misery watching that game. All right, guys, how do we think it goes tonight? Titans and Bills, Monday night football. I, I'm taking the Bills. I do think it is close in the fourth quarter. I, I am hesitant to lay the points in this game. I would stay away from it because I don't know what to expect from the Titans with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones back, namely Julio Jones. You know, what, what's he capable of bringing? We know he's capable of big plays, but he's missed uh, the last game and a half uh, while he's been on the men, the last two games while he's been on the men with a hamstring that they didn't even want to report as a hamstring. So what can he show up and give you another 50-yard boost of offense that he, that he did against Seattle? Can A.J. Brown take one to the house on an 11-yard catch that he goes for 73? If those things happen, the Titans are in contention to win this game. If not, 
the Bills win and they win it by 10 or more. I just don't know which way it goes. I'm taking the Bills to win. The Bills take advantage of home field advantage tonight at Nissan Stadium <laughs> with their 70% Bills fans in the house. <laughs> Bills by two touchdowns. They're simply better than the Titans right now. Anticlimactic. I declined to pick it. I, uh, I, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I, I tend to stay away from picking the Titans unless I have a really strong feeling. And I, you picked I the don't... Titans and, and, or not the Titans on our show for years. Then pick the Bills. If you don't have a strong feeling on the Titans, I, I that's what you're telling years. us. I've stayed away from it unless I have a strong feeling on it, and I don't have a strong feeling on it. I, I Julio, as goes Julio Jones, as go Julio Jones, go the Titans tonight. I'll say that, and I have no feeling for what he's going to do. Go oh, you got it. something to say? Don't block the box. Do lock the locks. We're going to run into a lot of box blocking here. As yes, we, try we to are. Get to the Headed to Nissan Stadium. Enjoy the game. We recap it tomorrow on Outkick 360.